right. Welcome everybody to Sober, which stands for Stories of Badgers Empowering Recovery. This is the podcast with the Wisconsin Voices for Recovery, and my name is Shelby Hagen. Wisconsin Voices for Recovery is a peer-run movement that helps unite people in recovery, their families, professionals, and allies. As a diverse coalition of recovery advocates, we serve as a statewide network to link services to support those in need. Joining me today is Tracy Gall, the director of Horizon High School in Madison, Wisconsin. Tracy has been in the education field for 25 years. She was born and raised in Madison, and after graduating from UW, she moved to Chicago to teach at three different school districts in the area. She met her husband and moved back to Madison and had her two kids, Cassidy and Noah, and she's taught at the Madison Metropolitan School District and at UW before coming to Horizon, where she's been the director for 16 years. Horizon High School is a recovery high school whose environment and curriculum are structured to provide a safe and sober learning atmosphere for students in the recovery from drug or alcohol use. The classroom setting is small in order to promote an individualized curriculum and to allow for students' needs. Tracy, thanks so much for joining me today and welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you on today. And I think I'll just dive into my first question, which is just asking you to tell me a bit more about your educational background, how you got into the work that you do now with the high school students who are currently in recovery. Well, hi, Shelby. Thanks for having me. So basically, I have always been in the field of education, um, specifically working with kids that are troubled youth, um, specifically teenagers. And I was teaching at UW-Madison in the Rehabilitation Psychology and Special Ed program, actually working on my PhD. And my professor pulled me aside and told me about Horizon High School. She's like, have you ever heard of it? And I was like, no. And she goes, well, it's a recovery school that educates teens in recovery from alcohol, drugs, as well as mental health. And they have an opening for a director. And I just thought of you because I know you have a passion for teenagers that are struggling. So I thought, hmm. And to be totally honest, I was kind of in over my head with school. I had two small kids at home and was writing my dissertation. And I was like, wow, I really miss being in a classroom. And that sounded something that was really exciting to me. So I went and I interviewed and her, her son actually was a student there. He had struggled with um, alcohol and drugs for years. So he was at Horizon and she had seen a lot of changes. So I went and I interviewed and they hired me on the spot. And to be totally honest, it was kind of a mess. The, the director prior to me, I think had a nervous breakdown, but no one told me. And there were 14 kids there and they were in a church basement and they needed a lot of direction and support. So I took it as a, I'll come in and step in and try and get things going in the right direction. And I'm still here today. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. It sounds like it's really grown and expanded in oh, the years yeah. that you've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We got out of the church basement right away. <laughs> yeah. Not so, that it was a terrible, you know, it was just for the kids. It was, you know, they were kind of a different crowd and felt very judged and not very welcome. So, yeah, so we moved. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit more about the new environment and how it's kind of grown and changed and um, kind of developed since you've been there. Well, right now, the space we're in is incredible 
incredible. We recently got a grant from C.G. Schmidt. Um, it was their 100th year anniversary and they wanted to give back to the community. And they interviewed several different organizations and ours was picked. So we're really lucky. We are on the corner of Whitney Way and University Ave. Our actual address is 659 North Whitney Way. And our space is, I would say, triple the size of where we were in the past. Um, we used to have a one room schoolhouse with schoolroom with one bathroom and one office. And last year, due to the pandemic, we ended up with, gosh, 20 students, which is a big number for us. We typically have between 10 and 15, but there were so many kids that were struggling with their alcoholism and drug addictions and mental health that we really wanted to help them and give them the support that we could. So now our school has four bathrooms, a kitchen, a break room. We have a food pantry. We combined with Second Harvest. We have a giant classroom. Every kid has their own desk. And for the first time in 16 years, I have an office with the door. It's huge. It's awesome. So we've really come a long way. We're really lucky to still have our doors open. And I'm just very thankful that we're here in Madison, Wisconsin. Wow. That's amazing, Tracy. Like all the things that have happened and the ability to support more students. And that's really what matters most is kind of having the facilities and the programs that are able to support more students in the Madison area. Absolutely. And for our listeners who didn't get to hear our little conversation before we started the call, you said you're going to an apple orchard today. And mm -hmm. I wanted to learn more about kind of what a day looks like at Horizon High School and the different programs and activities that students are partaking in. Oh, that'd be great. So we're from, we, we run from Monday through Friday. School starts at nine and we get out at three, just kind of altered our times a little because we found that teenagers really struggle getting here early in the morning. So nine o'clock has been a hard set time. When the kids come in, come in in the morning, they have a daily check-in, they take their pulse, they write in their journal, they have breakfast, and then they start academics. Um, so every morning there's the four basic academics that they have to have to meet the DPI regulations, math, science, English, and social studies. And it's looks very different than a regular high school because of our education is so individualized. We have kids from freshman to senior, but there's a lot of different holes in their education due to the fact that maybe they were using so much they didn't go to school. Maybe they missed a big chunk of school because of rehab or a, you know, a stay for depression. So we kind of meet the kids where they're at. We meet their needs. So the first part of the day is academics. So they get through their academics with breaks included and food involved. So obviously health and nutrition is important. Got to feed the soul in order to learn. And then in the afternoon, um, for example, I'll just kind of tell you. So Monday they have academics in the morning. And then in the afternoon they have group and they play games with um, our therapist. And that is the time where they really focus on checking in with their mental health and where they're at in their sobriety. Then Tuesdays, they have academics and check-in in the morning. And then from 10 until 11.30, I take them to Harbor Athletic Club and we work out. So healthy mind, healthy body. 
Harbor is amazing. They let us come free. We are so thankful. And all the kids really enjoy that. And then we go have lunch as a group. And then they come back, they have psychology and another academic class. And then they have art therapy. We have an art therapist that comes in and does art therapy with them Tuesday afternoons. Then today, Wednesday, they have academics in the morning. So they're all in there right now working on their math and then social studies. Then after lunch, I take them out for life skills with another staff member. And today we're going to an apple orchard, um, which is just life skills is pretty much utilizing everything that Madison has to offer. Last week we went kayaking because the weather was so nice. The week before that, we walked to Picnic Point and back and then went and had Babcock ice cream. So we really try and introduce the kids to beautiful free things in the community. And if they're not free, we always ask for a discount or a deal because we are a nonprofit and we want to keep our doors open. So it's really about um, the Life Skills Program is about giving kids opportunities to grow and learn and experience different things that they might not do on their own or even know about. So that's Wednesday. And then Thursday, they have academics in the morning. And then we have two people that are coming in from Second Harvest in the Predlin program that are teaching nutrition and healthy cooking. So since we're a food pantry, we actually are making meals and having a nutrition and health class so that the kids can take the meals home. And that has been huge. The kids love that and it really, it's, it kind of has the ripple effect. It's just not the kids, it's their families. And a lot of them live with extended family members. So it feeds a lot of people. And then they learn more about our program and then they come in and also support us. And then Fridays is academics all day. And then in the afternoon, they usually get out for a walk or do something to, you know, re regenerate their their, their bodies and their souls. But it's a lot of academics mixed with other things to meet the needs of our students. So that's what a week looks like. Wow, I can't believe I'm just hearing about this. It sounds like there's so many things that Horizon does to really address the entire well-being spectrum of the student because we know that it really takes the nutrition, the mental health, and the engagement with the community. And it sounds like there's all of that being covered as well as meeting their academic standards as well. So absolutely, very cool to hear about all the things that you're doing. Um, and I also was curious too, so you say that you're really out in the community um, kind of partnering with different businesses and engaging in different activities. And I wondered if the students do any partnership work or engage with the outside recovery community in general. Yes, they, we have. Um, we have for years taken the kids to the recovery rally and um, participated in that as well as gone to other, they used to have, you know, due to the pandemic, we haven't been able to do this kind of thing, but there have been many conferences that have, you know, kid pieces that we've brought in the students to in the past. We used to always um, attend the recovery lunch for um, with Connections Counseling, and it was at the Edgewater the last couple of years. So it really broadened the kids' horizon about, you know, wow, there's a lot of people in recovery that are doing really great things 
Um, we also have three staff members that are all in recovery and they have offered to take kids to meetings, introduce them to mentors, you know, all sorts of different things in the community that we wouldn't know about. You know, it's a hard thing because AA and NA, I mean, it's anonymous. So it's hard to like really know, or, you know, you can't really call, you know, hey, can you come in? You know, people are anonymous. So you have to be careful about how you get kids involved in that. So mm -hmm. we've, we've really used whatever we can. And, you know, you guys have been incredible and we've, used a lot of your services and actually Monty, Monty Ball has come in in the past and talked to our students as well. We Very have had a lot of speakers that from, from the UW, from different organizations in the community who have come in and talked to our students about their story. Right. Just because recovery is a lifelong journey and so making sure that they're well connected in the community and make sure that they have a lot of different resources and seeing people who are being successful while maintaining their sobriety is so important. So it's really cool that you're making those connections. Yeah. And it never goes away. I mean, we have students um, specifically this year, now that the world's opened up a little more that are reaching out and coming back to Horizon are like, can I come on the life skill? Can I come and shop at the food pantry? Because they want that continued support beyond the high school years. So I think we've had between eight and 10 kids just in the last couple of weeks who graduated everywhere from five years ago to three years ago to just last year coming in and still being connected with Horizon, which is really awesome. I have two kids that graduated two years ago that are coming on our outing. That's amazing because a lot of people once they graduate from high school, they kind of want to close that chapter in their lives. And, yeah. you know, some people don't have the best experience, but the fact that they're willing to come back and they want to be involved just shows how amazing of an experience they truly had when they were there, still wanting to be involved in the community. Well, and there's no better person to help a person in recovery than somebody that's actually walked that walk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when just last week we had a student here a, a former student who was with a prior student and the prior student was, you know, really struggling. And like, you know, these people are all in my business and blah, blah, blah. And she said, listen, you have no idea the opportunity you have at Horizon and it's up to you to take it and listen to these people because they truly care. And I'm back here because I relapsed and I'm going to rehab and I need to stay sober. And I know that these people care about me and they're letting me come to school to be here so that I can continue my sobriety. So it was just really cool, kind of full circle. Mm -hmm. Someone, you know, having a hard time because it doesn't, it isn't always a straight path. It doesn't go away. You have to work your program. You have to use, you know, the things in the community, uh, you know, see your therapist, work on your mental health, take care of your body. So that's, that's been really cool. Yeah. And actually it's interesting that you say that because my next question is kind of similar. Um, I just was curious if, and I'm sure that there's plenty of these that's happened over the years, but if you could tell me about a meaningful interaction you have had with a student in the past or an inspiring student success story. Oh, I have hundreds. Um, you know, the kids, the kids come through our doors pretty broken, pretty feeling like big failures, you know, like not really knowing what they even like to do because they're so used to being 
drunk or high or in their own little world. So when they come here and they just feel terrible, we work really hard every day to build up their confidence, to let them know that we're here to support them one day at a time. Sometimes it's one minute at a time with our kids. And we get to see them grow and get self-confidence and you know, do things that they never thought they could do. I have a student who graduated eight years ago who struggled with heroin, had endless relapses, almost died over and over again. And now she just reached out, completed her master's degree in therapy and is going to go on and be AODA therapist. And, you know, it's just incredible. She's like, remember, and you know, look where I'm at now. So when she comes home, um, she always reaches out and comes to the school and comes in and shares her story. It's, and there's a lot of those. And, you know, we get students that also have a lot of trauma who've had some really horrible things happen in their life and just don't know how to handle it. Never anybody and use drugs and alcohol to quiet their trauma. And we all know that doesn't last forever. <laughs> so to see a kid have something really traumatic happen in their life and be able to face it and to heal from it and to move on and have a healthy, productive life and be a community member that gives back, it's, it's incredible. I don't make very much money <laughs> um, at all, but what I do get every day is I learn about some incredible teenager that has changed their life. And that just is what I need to stay here and to make me feel good about what I do every day. I got chills from that story. That is so amazing how that student was kind of able to go through her high school experience and have so many setbacks and then be able to go on and do something so meaningful by being a therapist. That's yep, just... Yep. That's wonderful to hear. And I'm sure that you you do get a lot of satisfaction and just inspiration from being around students and seeing their resilience and being able to overcome a lot. Like you said, it's hard to cope with trauma when you don't have alcohol or drugs to kind of aid with that coping or to numb that pain. And so, yeah, I just, I love it. Thanks so yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, and it's not all roses. I mean, we're verbally abused on a regular basis. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's, you know, teenagers in recovery that are trying to navigate their life. It isn't always pretty. And they're going to take it out on the people that they know are going to leave them. And generally and that are going to handle it in a way that isn't going to hurt them back so we are generally the punching bags for that so you have to be kind of have a thick skin and also have a lot of empathy and compassion and know it's it's not them necessarily talking it's the disease or it's the drama or it's you know the anger within that they're trying to work through mm -hmm. yeah and my next question kind of plays into that as well just wanting to know what's the most rewarding part of your job and the most challenging part of your job? Well, the challenging part is obviously dealing with a teenager that uses anger or, or maybe even it's their home environment where they don't have a chance to be what they want to be. You know, if you're trying to be sober and you know, your mom's 
using crack every day, that's really difficult. <laughs> or, you know, the student that comes and has had six months of sobriety and then opens up the fridge door at home and there's a bunch of vodka in the fridge or freezer. So those, those stories are really hard for me because it impacts the whole family and these kids need support from everyone, you know, and lots of times people just don't realize that their behavior can affect everybody else's behavior. And with that saying, the students um, that are struggling often take it out on those that love them the most or care about them. And we are their, we're their ever. I mean, they come here and they have some really hard things they're dealing with and they don't maybe know how to express their feelings. So it may come out in a way that's not very nice to us. So that's, that's some of the challenges uh, as, as well as the academic pieces of, you know, there's Swiss cheese education. There's so many holes in it. So we also have to figure out, you know, giving them the, the tools and the education and the academia that they need so that they can go on and be successful in life. Mm -hmm. So did I answer that correctly? Did I miss Absolutely. a piece? <laughs> I don't think so. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure I can't imagine how difficult it would be to kind of be the receiving end of anger and resentment, because like you said, they feel comfortable enough to express it to people that they know will stick around and care for them. And so besides yourself and the work that you do, can you tell me more about the staff at the high school? Oh. Well, yeah. first of all, I, I am nothing. This school is nothing without our staff. They're incredible. We have a lead teacher named Bob. We have a teacher slash therapist, Kim, and they are both full-time employees. They're incredible. Um, they're both really different humans, which is great because then they can both kind of play off each other and meet the needs of our students. We have two special ed assistants. Darby has been with us for three years and she's working on her master's in social work right now. So she, she, she started out as a student teacher here from Edgewood College and we hired her after she graduated because she is so phenomenal. And just watching her grow and blossom and what a huge support she is to our students, it's incredible. And then we recently got a office manager named Suzanne, and she has been a lifesaver for me because this job has kind of gotten bigger and there's so many more duties that I need to do that, to be honest, I'm not really good at or I don't have time for. So it's awesome. Like she can do all the data collection. She's creating a new website and she's just, oh, she's helped me so much with the computer piece. And also she's just a really good human. And we also hired a new part-time therapist, Dave, who just started at the beginning of the school year. And he has a breadth of knowledge about recovery and how to work with kids and just awesome. And then Dustin is our newest employee along with Dave, and he's a special ed assistant and also is a breath of fresh air as far as recovery goes. So it's nice to have this big expanded staff and we are a team that works so well together and it's just been a really positive start to the school year. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like everyone kind of has their own specialty and their own role with the students and yes. their own style. I, I mean, when you're working with kids, everyone has their own style. There's going to be people who are very direct and then there's going to be people that are just very warm and 
you know, like just the different styles vary so much. And so can you tell me more about how different personalities kind of come together to support the students? You can tell if a kid's having a tough day, they usually resonate towards the person that they've bonded with most. And we'll have certain kids come in and be like, I want to talk to so-and-so first thing in the morning. And we allow that because they need that. And sometimes that four minute, 10 minute conversation can change that student's whole entire day where it doesn't disrupt the rest of the school day by them, you know, maybe freaking out or some little thing could set them off. So that that's really helpful. Um, I also think that what I like most about it is I have some staff that are very musical and very art, and then I have other staff that are very academic centered, and then some that really love the great outdoors. So there's really something for all of our kids, and they all kind of pop around to the different staff to meet their needs. Yeah, and it sounds like, too, that the activities that you're doing also reflect that diversity. So you're doing apple orchards and outdoor stuff. You're doing exercise and making sure that's covered. And you said there's an art therapist that comes in, too. So not only do the staff have different interests, but the activities are kind of reflected. What do you think is the student's, like, favorite thing that you've done um, throughout the week? Well, it's interesting. It changes every year you know, depending on our student body. And I will tell you that this year, starting this year, a lot of our students were isolated even more due to COVID. And because of that, anxiety even got more crippling. We had summer school this summer and we spent a lot of time going to kids' houses and picking them up and making sure that they had social interaction and that they weren't isolated and that they got out in the community. I would say all the kids enjoy cooking here and they enjoy the outings, but for some kids, the outings are really kind of scary, you know, to have it, you know, for example, we went kayaking last week and one of the students was like, well, I don't know how to swim. And I'm like, it's okay. We're going to put a life jacket on you. We're going to stay really close to you. And we ended up doing a double kayak. It So one staff went with the student. It was amazing. It was so, you know, you could tell the student is shaking, is physically scared to death, challenged, but was willing to step out of her comfort zone and try something and then enjoyed it and loved it. And was like, I'd love to do that again. So I think you learn a lot about the kids on the life skill trips because you're getting them out in the school or getting them out of the school into the community. And, you know, there's got to be a lot of trust when you when you do that. I mean, taking the kids to the Memorial Union to get ice cream, sounds like, oh, that'd be really fun, really easy. It's really, there's a lot of different people there. <laughs> and it can be really scary for some of our students. So depending on the student and the day, I would say it changes, but I would say life skill trips, the gym, are probably some of the favorites. And then there's some kids who just like being here. It's just, they, they don't like to go out. They like to be at Horizon in the school. It's their safe place. Yeah, and that's what's really fascinating to me is that the way that this high school is structured is very innovative and you don't see it everywhere. In fact, I believe it's the only recovery high school in Wisconsin. We are and- the only one in the whole, yes. Yeah. 
pretty much the Midwest. There used to be one in Waukesha, Rockford, Kenosha. They all lost their funding and they've all shut down. And it's so sad. We used to get together with the other recovery high schools and go bowling and try and get our students together. We've gone to conferences in the past um, and, you know, we're the only ones left. Mm-hmm. And we are fighting to keep our doors open. We, you know, really had some successful years, but, you know, financially, because we haven't been able to have a fundraiser for two years, we, we're trying right now to raise $57,000 because with our new building, our rent has doubled. You know, mm-hmm. we have new staff to meet the needs of all our kids. I mean, you know, we have a lot of expenses that we have incurred over this wonderful move that we need to have a fundraiser and we can't seem to get one on the books without a COVID close. <laughs> so we mm-hmm. are having an open house, which is the 29th um, from five to seven here at Horizon. And I would love anyone in the community to come. We're going to safely, um, and what I mean by that, everyone will wear a mask, whether you're vaccinated or not. We're going to take small groups within the school and give tours. And at that time, we will have a donation box as well as a list of our needs. If anybody wants to give a fiscal donation, you know, there is never too small amount. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a bummer that schools that have these innovations and have extra support for students and are able to provide more individualized care have to fight so hard to keep their funding going because this it's really what students need to be successful is to be attending a school like this, where it's a small community and they have a lot of individual attention and support. And they're able to really do things that really research shows combat depression and anxiety and other mental health concerns, which are feeling like you're involved in a community, which in a larger high school is a lot harder because they would have to actively seek out clubs and sports where if you're struggling with addiction, you don't really have as much wherewithal to kind of seek that those things out and maybe aren't being noticed as much by the staff. And then in addition to that, being able to exercise and having that built into your day and really having that become routine for them, that's another thing that's majorly helpful in mental health, as well as the nutrition and just everything that you're doing combined. It's really unique. And I hope that in the future, it becomes a little bit more common or yeah. maybe more integrated into other schools or more recovery high schools come up. Um, so what I, do you I agree with you a hundred percent. What you know, do you at Horizon, just to add to that, like our community, I mean, if a kid doesn't show up first thing at a big school, you know, eventually the parents will get a phone call or something will happen. But at Horizon, if you don't show up, I immediately call or text them, where are you? <laughs> mm-hmm. And if they don't answer, then I call or text their parents. And then if they don't answer, we, we go over there, you know? So we really kind of extend it where you're not a number, you're a human being and we're here for you. And it's, you're noticed. You are part of our community. If you're not here, we know, and we're going to find out what you need and why you're not here. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that a lot of people working in education wish that they had the time and space to provide that individualized attention. Yeah, but just the way that schools are structured, it's it's hard to touch every student and 
and to know because a lot of students won't really open up to staff and unless they really know them and in such large settings it's hard to really get to know students yeah. individually so absolutely yeah and so how did the idea of horizon a recovery high school kind of come about we're kind of going backwards in the timeline here but i'm no, curious no, that's totally fine so there's a group of um five adults and two of them are still on our board john and judy shelly dutch steve caldwell and there was another woman involved who can't remember her name i'm sorry but in 2004 or five they got together and they came up with this idea because of the lack of education that provided you know recovery and you know they i think these people also had some of their own kids struggling with addiction mental health so they just saw a need for it and they're like our community needs something these kids are worthy you know our community is worthy so they came up and they started horizon high school and it's been thriving ever since that's wonderful. six months after the school was here so i've been a big piece of it i've, I, I've gotten to you know be a part of it and watch it grow and thrive mm -hmm. and the people that started the school i had they're incredible human beings and they're still you know two of them are still on the board and have given so much of their time and energy to make sure that our doors stay open it takes a village and a community to really care about. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And I hope that hopefully with COVID and with fundraising, hopefully um, you guys will be able to get more funds and this podcast will hopefully bring more people in and hear about the amazing work that you all are doing and be willing to support and kind of let people know that this exists because I had no idea. I've lived here my whole life. I had no idea this existed. And I think the work that you guys are doing is great. Well, I'm so glad you know about us now, Shelby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the word, you have to come over. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so interested to seeing your space now and kind of looking around. So if I'm able to make the open house, I would love to come see it. That would be like awesome. To too. It'd be great. Yeah. Awesome. So I just have a few last questions for us, Tracy, to cover. Um, my first one is kind of a large question, but what is your biggest piece of advice for young people who are in recovery? Not to give up. You know, tomorrow's a new day. It's not going to be a straight road. And I think like so many people think that, oh, they went to rehab. They're better now. It's not like that. It's you got to work your program. You got to work your mental health. You have to work every day to stay sober and healthy. And that's you're worth the work. Don't give up. That's my biggest piece of advice. Awesome. Don't give up. I love that. And I think that's so pertinent because I know a lot of people, I myself am not in recovery. Um, mm -hmm. And you're totally right about the perception that, oh, you go to treatment and then you're okay. And it's, yeah, yeah it's really, you're right. It's just every day you have to put in the work. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then just my final closing question would be just tell our listeners about what they can do to learn more about the high school and support the school's cause. 
Well, we do have a website. It's horizonhs.org. And you can learn more about our school on the website. And we do have a donation page there. Um, you can come to our open house on September 29th from 5 to 7 at 659 North Whitney Way. And we will give you a tour and we have a list of all of our needs. So if you want to donate there, you're going to be more than welcome to. You can also, we have a Facebook page where we have lots of pictures, Horizon High School um, Facebook page. And you can see different activities we do. And I try and update it every week with pictures of the students. Usually I take them out in the community. I forget to get a lot of the classroom ones. But I think... You know, those are two good ways. You can call me. You can reach me. My personal cell phone and my email is on the website as well. Um, you know, we're, we're always looking for people in our community that want to help. Awesome. And is there anything else that we didn't cover that you'd like to uh, discuss or bring up about the school or anything? I think, I think the one piece that people, you know, kind of question about sometimes is, well, you know, why should I help a recovery? Why, you know, why is it important to me that kid chose that? Why, why do I want to help that kid? You know, I have lots of friends who want to give to JDRF or cancer or, you know, all the millions of other organizations. I can guarantee you and tell you that kids that are struggling with addiction and mental health do not want to have an addiction or a mental health issue. They didn't ask for it. Maybe they did something along the lines in their life that wasn't right, but we're all human. They never thought they were gonna end up where they're at. So my biggest thing is cut the stigma. We're all in this world together and have some compassion and empathy and understand that these are teenagers that are young and have a whole life in front of them. And they're trying to navigate their addiction and mental health the best they can. So I guess just nobody ever want, wants to be an alcoholic. It's a disease. You know, no one ever says, well, you know, why did you get cancer? Why did you do that? It's not like somebody went out and, you know, did something to become a drug addict or have an addiction. So that's, that's my biggest thing I'd like people to know, that the stigma around it, there's always much more to the story. And what you see sometimes is not really the reality. These kids have more, more bravery and, gosh, the strength in their pinky than I do often in my whole entire body. And I'm so taken back and impressed with how they're able to move forward with some of the things that they've had to deal with and go through. Well, that is amazing. And I completely agree with you about the stigma and learning more about the science of addiction. And hopefully in the future, we'll have a greater public understanding of what really plays into addiction and how you're totally right about it not being a choice for students. And so I think from this amazing conversation, Horizon High School is definitely a cause that is worthy of supporting financially, spreading the word about it. Um, so thanks so much for the work that you do, Tracy. It's Well, wonderful. thank you. And thanks for sharing your time and doing this podcast. I'm hoping I can help other people in the community if we can get you know, more students that need a place, you know, at Horizon, we would love that. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I hope that it does help. It's been great talking with you today, Tracy. 
thanks again so much for being a podcast guest with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yes, this is going to be a great episode and I think it'll be very enjoyable to our listeners and for our listeners out there. uh, Thank you for listening to the Sober Podcast. Again, this is the Stories of Badgers Empowering Recovery. We hope you all stay healthy, happy, and safe.